Irish NFL show. Firstly, thank you for listening to the show. We truly appreciate all our listeners. If you are enjoying the show, please consider rating, reviewing, and subscribing on whichever podcast platform you are listening on. It makes a huge difference. It helps others to find the show, and we would massively appreciate it. Also, reach out to us on social media. We love interacting with listeners and with fans from wherever you are in the world. And with that said, on with today's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome into today's Irish NFL show with me, Colm Cronin. And I'm very pleased to welcome our returning guest back to the show. Uh, one of the, uh, somebody who covers one of the more intriguing teams, I think, as we head into the 2023 season from the Buffalo News, Catherine Fitzgerald. How are you doing? Good. Thank you so much for having me back. Excited to talk to you. Yeah, and I think we will have plenty to to chat to uh, about. Um, I, I last saw you, obviously, at the the Super Bowl and uh, what, a, what a game that uh, was. Uh, and I suppose... Like what's interesting to me when it comes to to the Bills, and I'm I'm interested in, in where you feel that they are at because they kind of it feels like again from five thousand miles away. All right, last year it, when people were talking at this time of year, it was all about those thirteen seconds and the end of the game and how it ended, and it felt like the Bills kind of started the season with their hair on fire. They were so keen to prove that that 13 seconds wasn't going to define their season and they were so good so early and then through injuries um and just I suppose almost uh you know with Demar Hamlin and, and almost emotional burnout ultimately kind of ends in, in disappointment and been a lot of change since then Leslie Frazier steps away and, and I suppose where do you feel like the the bills are at like what's the the feeling in the the bills camp this year obviously we're still only in may but does it feel different to last year where where are they at yeah it's a great question because i think when you look at how the last few years have ended with them all those brutal playoff losses it can feel like that is the definition of them at this point of they're getting close but they're not getting there all the way but I think last year, the way the season ended, it's hard to kind of group that with everything else when there were so many different factors. I mean, you know, as you mentioned, just kind of even before DeMar Hamlin, the way the end of the season was so chaotic with snowstorms, blizzards here. I think there was so much more of a personal impact than people necessarily sometimes allow NFL players to have or, you know, they see it and they want the best for their players, but when it comes down to wins and losses, you know, that's a little different for fans sometimes. And so I bring that up just because I think, you know, while they obviously fell short of their ultimate goal, I don't know that that final game against Cincinnati is as reflective of what that team was last season. Um, So now it's like, how do they head into this next year building off that? still kind of feeling some of that bitterness, but knowing that there's maybe still a little more out there and having switched over the roster a good bit too. Um, I think there's a lot of changes to keep an eye on for this season. Some not full changes, just what does Ken Dorsey do in year two when he's in charge of the offense? Um, What does happen on defense with Sean McDermott calling the plays there? How big of a difference is that? Or is it not super noticeable? So 
I think they're a really interesting team to watch right now in kind of the fine-tuning versus overhauling anything. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely. Um, I, and I suppose what has been interesting is a number of different things, but there, we can't get away from Josh Allen. I mean, he's always going to be the superstar, and he has been talking um, as, as we're recording this. He's been talking over the past, uh, I suppose, couple of days, and I know um, there you've had pieces in the Buffalo News around kind of he, his approach and like the the focus that he has. And I know he's kind of talked about fine tuning. Um, and, and also, like, how much it means to him, how much he wants uh, to bring a Super Bowl um, to to Buffalo. Um, I suppose just, you know, in, in terms of you're a lot closer to it than, than us over here. What are you seeing from from Josh uh, in, you know, in May as we, uh, you know, as kind of OTAs are happening in and around the, the league? Yeah, I think it was really interesting to hear him explain a bit more about how he's tweaking some of his communication stuff. Um, you know, it's not unusual for a player this time of year to say, like, I'm more motivated than ever. I'm going to have my best year yet. This means so much. Like, of course. But then when you kind of get into the nitty gritty of, all right, how is that showing up for Josh Allen day to day? He was kind of going through a bit of, you know, and to take a step back, none of these are huge changes where he's always been competitive, always been focused, but it's kind of how do I squeeze every bit out of that? And so while he's always been super fiery on the field, I think getting a bit more in the weeds and some of that communication where some of his most fascinating football is when he just kind of throws it up, receivers catch it, like phenomenal throw and catch for sure but I think trying to get more structured in his communication is how he was describing it of like instead of relying on that kind of backyard football hey I'll do my thing you do yours and we'll make it happen getting as in sync as possible and again that's not to say he wasn't having some of those conversations before but I think just really building that trust especially with some of the newer guys in this receiving core um is kind of where he's at as far as how that focus actually shows up in a day-to-day sense. Yeah, I know it is interesting to kind of, because that, as I said, there there, there are so many sound bites at this time of year. Uh, and, and for, you know, um, it to be delved into a little bit more and, and for it to become tangible uh, is, is good. I wish we had more of that um, because it, it's, it, it, it's this time of year, I suppose, from players, but also this time of year just after the draft because the draft board always falls the way everyone wanted and everyone got exactly who they wanted. The camp league, they were still there when they were picking. Yeah, um, they met their needs too, even though they uh, just went off the board. It's amazing. Incredible. <laughs> now, look, one player I suppose, who is always Mr. Positive, um, is Von Miller. Um, and... Um, he has, uh, I remember that from his, uh, Denver days and he, he's never going to change. Um, where, where is he in terms of his rehab from the knee injury? Yeah. So still working through that. And I think while he is maybe the most optimistic person I know, the team itself is trying not to be too much like he will start by this day, X, Y, Z, um, out of fairness to him as well as everyone else too. Um, But I think it's going, you know, he's on a good timeline. He was out at OTAs this week, even though he's obviously not participating right now. But 
Um, he said that was really important to still be involved with everyone, to start getting to know guys. Um, I find it fascinating too in that he wants to eventually be a GM in the NFL. And so part of his day on um, Tuesday when we were at the facility was also him evaluating the offense, getting to watch from different spots to be like, okay, what am I seeing here from kind of that mindset? Um, so just like an aside as far as his hope way later, he's not planning to retire soon, um, but just kind of feeding into that while he can't play with guys. Um, so I, I think they will, my guess is that they will start the season without him just based off timeline. But I think he also, every time we've talked to him, he's been very optimistic, but I think more a little bit this last time he mentioned how he wants to be there for the end of the season. And so with his previous ACL injury, it was like, I got to get back. I got to get back. And now it's, I got to be good to go once I come back. Um, he's still going to try to be back as soon as possible. But I thought that was noticeable just to, to remember that the end of the season is where he is most needed for this team. And to keep that in mind instead of just like rushing to get on the field. Yeah, I mean, playoff Vaughn is just a different beast. And I think that's where he really, truly comes alive. And it's just been unfortunate, I suppose, in his career. Um, when he did have the opportunity with the Broncos, my goodness, did he take it. When he had the opportunity with the Rams, he showed out. Um, and I think if he can get the opportunity uh, with the, the Bills, I have no doubt um, he'll be a force in the, the playoffs as well. But going from Vaughn, who's, you know, as I said, rehabilitating, and he's still he's at OTAs. Another token point that you can't escape is Stefan Diggs, who isn't at OTAs. In terms of you know um, where what that means, I mean, there's been lots of talk. Players will always say, "Oh, I, I'd love to have him around, but we get it." And of course, there's no contractually obliged. But there have been some interesting tweets you would have to to say and people will always look towards the end of the season what's your feeling on on it Catherine yeah I will start by saying I don't think people need to be too worried um a couple contextual things he tweets most Tuesdays a little chaotically um sometimes he tweets not on Tuesdays but when it happened this past week I was like ah yes it's it's a Tuesday again this makes sense um if you are as up on his tweets as my job has me being. Um, I talked to him around the Super Bowl um, a little bit about how last season ended. And obviously I know, you know, there was some discussion of Arky and Josh. Okay. I think they're still good. He's frustrated because of the reasons he's a good football player. He's competitive. He's upset when they don't win. And I think, you know, when you mentioned earlier, it was kind of a disappointing end to the season, not just because of, their ultimate goal of a Super Bowl, but I think it felt at times for this team, like we've been through so much adversity. Of course it has to get better and turn that corner and, you know, we're going to win it because of everything we've been through. And it just kind of fell flat at the end there. And I think he felt that a good bit of, you know, we're putting everything into this. Um, he's very close to DeMar Hamlin. So I think that added a layer of like, I need to win this so badly. And when it didn't, of course he was emotional. Um, you know, I I understand that some people are like, well, why isn't he there? Blah, blah, blah. But I don't always go to voluntary things at my job. Um, I think a lot of us could say the same. So I wouldn't worry about it at this point. Um, you know, I think 
it's one of those things of when people see how fiery he is when it's going well, they love it. And then he's still the same person. And if they're questioning it, they're like, why is he, you know, this fiery? It's like, no, this is who he is all along. That's okay. Um, Sometimes a little break is good. And I don't think there will be any issues once he gets back. Yeah, the, the t- what you said about the tweets, it, it reminds me, you know, of that infamous, uh, I think, was it CD character? He, and he comes up every now and again and he does the kind of like typical TV tweet is like, love my teammates. Yeah. And yeah. R- running back tweets is like, keep grinding. And like, I think his one for uh, wide receiver is like, the enemy speaks kindly but holds a knife. Um, and that that is like you you can go through you can go through the league and that's kind of how it holds up. And some obviously stand out uh, more than others. Um, but in a week um, where um, we also hear uh, apparently Antonio Brown is going to suit up um, for uh, football uh, again, uh, the you know cryptic and interesting uh, wide receiver tweets. Right, uh, yes, they're there. Um. I suppose interesting at delving into, um, you know, a little more on, on a piece that, that you wrote around Shane Ray, because uh, I, I'm as a as a Broncos fan, there was so much hope when he came, but it never worked out in, in Denver. Um, a lot of different factors in, in that in terms of where the team was at following Super Bowl 50 injuries. Um, but you got the, the chance, I suppose, to, to do a kind of an in-depth piece in his, uh, uh, on him. Um, where where is he at in his football journey? Yeah, I found it so interesting to get to talk to him, um, to his mom for a while, who is an incredible part of his story. And, you know, obviously there are still many steps to happen for him to fully make the comeback he's looking for. But I think so much behind the scenes, just learning more about what these last few years was like was really fascinating where, you know, again, I think sometimes if people look at, the NFL is just kind of wins and losses. They don't realize all the work that goes in behind the scenes and how devastating it can be for guys when all of a sudden, you know, he's out of the league for four years for a while, doesn't know who he is without football. And he was pretty candid about, you know, some of those really dark times, not knowing how to get through, um, being emotional, lashing out at people a little bit in the sense of, I don't know kind of who I am right now. How can I stay optimistic? Um, so I think for him to keep persevering and to even just have this shot alone is a really cool testament, um, but then seeing where he goes from here. So I was particularly impressed, too, with um, his relationship with Von Miller, how strong that stayed during all of this. And um, Miller told us during OTAs that he never lobbied to get Shane into Buffalo. Um, Von Miller is obviously super close with Brandon Bean, tells him his ideas about the team all the time, but he he said he wanted this to feel natural. It didn't, he didn't want it to be like, Oh, he's just here. Cause Vaughn asked. Um, and so when Shane Ray signed, you know, turns 30, a few days later, gets another shot after being out of the league, playing in the CFL for a while. Um, you know, it happened because of the work he did, but it was really, you know, hearing the stories of Von Miller mentors, a lot of guys, but kind of the ways he still supported Shane Ray, who was, not even in the league for a while. Um, I think those behind the scenes were really significant. So excited to keep following his story next. But yeah, it's um, not too many guys are out of the league that long and then break back in. So um, I think even just that, there's a lot to learn there. 
Yeah, uh, I mean, it would be a wonderful story if it, if it were to happen. And it can, I mean, in different ways, I suppose I'm thinking of, um, you know, Alex Singleton with the, the Broncos who went, didn't work out early on in the NFL, went, had a great career in the CFL, went to the Eagles, suddenly got a big uh, contract this offseason. And obviously, I think the one, you know, while he wasn't out of the league, Geno Smith is probably the one people can point to now because Gino had a long time in the, the wilderness um, before, obviously, last year. Um, and uh, so who knows? But it would be a wonderful kind of redemption story if if it were to, to happen. We mentioned the, the draft earlier, and, and obviously the, the Bills went tight end in the, the first round. In terms of, I suppose, you know... Um, Tight end is one of those interesting positions because I, I keep saying it like we've seen so much change in the league in the evolution and and we've seen wide receivers come into the league and be absolute superstars immediately. And we have now this kind of generation of cornerbacks where it used to take two or three years and Sauce Gardner and uh, J.C. Horn and Patrick Sertan are superstars instantaneously. But tight end is a position where it can still take a little bit of time um, are, are, how much, you know, what's the expectation around uh, Dalton Kincaid and, and how much he can contribute in year one? Yeah, I think there's a balance there where like the Bills love him as their guy. They really think he can make an impact on this offense, but they are also trying to make sure it doesn't become too, you know, Sean McDermott talked this week about like the expectations can get so big. We're trying to like draw back from that a bit as far as just pressure in that sense. Um, I think what's interesting about him too, kind of in that perspective of he hasn't played football for that long. Um, he started playing football his senior year of high school. He played throughout college, transferred, obviously didn't play as much during the pandemic year because there were less games. But so like he, I find it interesting of he obviously has a great skill set already, but like how much can he build on that still, um, particularly with the consistency of being in one offense. Um, again, one year of high school, transferred during college. He hasn't been with one team for so long to really, you know, that's where guys hit their stride sometimes, the um, just the experience, the consistency. So I think it's going to be interesting to see how they deploy him with Dawson Knox as well. Um, you know, I think that comes down more to Ken Dorsey. How does he scheme it up? How does he get creative there? Last offseason, it felt like there was a lot of talk or they – that they were going to use more two tight end packages and they just did it. So um, they're kind of saying it will be 11 and a half personnel when he's out there. Um, and I think if they can, you know, put this vision to life, it's going to really make this offense dynamic. Um, and maybe, you know, I don't think there will be the pressure to be like the number one tight end in that sense where it's more kind of how do we use both of these guys to, excuse me, um, bring out the best of their skill sets during this. So I think it's will be fascinating to see exactly how it plays out, even if it's not immediate. And I suppose in terms of the other draft picks, uh, because it was pretty pretty balanced, you would, you would have to say in terms of the, the Bills picks, uh, they they went after Dalton Kincaid, I think it was... Um, Two, two on offense and, and two on defense. Um, you know, again, a couple of those being kind of seventh rounders, which 
it's a roll of the dice. We've again, we've seen in years past those guys can be major contributors. Um, but you, you're you never really know. Um, but I, I suppose particularly maybe around kind of um those second and third round because um they've gone guard and, and um in terms of linebacker. Um, what's the expectation around the those guys and and their potential contributions, Catherine? Yeah, they got one more guy on offense too. So I think at first they're all like, Brendan Bean, are you you really building up the offense here? What's up? But um, he kind of, to our earlier point, was like, no, it's just how it played out. Um, I like the pick of Osiris Torrance a lot. I think I was surprised that he was still available where they got him in the second round. Um, the Bills are very big at, you know, let's bring guys along, let them earn their spot. That was something he did when he transferred to Florida. And that was really significant to Brandon Bean of, um, you know, followed his coach there, but didn't immediately get a starting role as far as like um, summer practices, training camp, stuff like that. But then still started. And I think just kind of his skill set um, and where they got him, I thought that was a really strong pick. I think overall, to your point, yeah, they had less picks this year. The team is good. It was kind of trying to figure out like, where can we find people just to add depth here um the justin shorter pick wide receiver i thought that was really interesting too of just getting a taller guy in there um great personality too so i think it was kind of a a quieter draft or less splashy i would say but that's not a bad thing particularly um you know given their draft capital what they were able to get with trades for next year um and just again where the team is at it was okay to have kind of a a quieter draft if that makes sense yeah yeah i know sometimes sometimes that's just what you want is uh for it to to fly a little bit under the the radar because i think there's been so much focus on the the bills um and everything around the bills over the past few years suppose one of the t- changes do we know just touched on it uh earlier in passing was the fact that lizzie frazier has moved on so uh sean mcdermott is going to obviously be more focused on the defensive side of things um how 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 is that like are there any concerns around like how that is gonna go um you know it, it can it can work fantastically but obviously it is a change where uh for for him where he's kind of gonna go back to that but alongside having to obviously um keep an eye on the entirety uh given his head coaching duties Totally. I think when the news first broke, I was, and it seemed early on trending that Sean would call the defense. I was kind of curious about that too, as far as, you know, just having more on your plate when head coaches already have a lot going on there. Um, What stands out to me though, is his excitement. You know, these guys, when they rise to the level of head coach, they get into it from like the very tangible working directly with players Um, super involved in the weeds and you can tell that he is kind of I don't know like first day of school in the excited sense about it again of like okay I get to kind of like get back to my roots here a little bit Um, and I think there will still you know be some evolution along the way as far as if they realize someone else needs to take on certain responsibilities how to divvy it up so that no one has too much on their plate Um, I don't think there will be too massive of a change to the defense. Sean McDermott was very involved before. So I think, you know, you'll still see kind of 
a similar flavor there um, as opposed to like a massive overhaul. But I think this is a case where, um, you know, they're going to see how it goes this year. The official announcement was Leslie Frazier was stepping away for a year. A little unclear what happens after that. But I think, um, again, when you just listen to Sean McDermott talk about it of just, you know, getting back in the classroom, getting back to his favorite parts of coaching, um, I think that can maybe be refreshing in a sense too, or reinvigorating. Um, we heard during OTAs from Josh Allen that he feels a little more competition with the defense at this stage of the year than previous years. Cause it's like, well, the offense really wants to pull one over Sean now. Um, and that's again, not to say they weren't competitive before, but I think there are some ways that it's just kind of, you know, you get into these long seasons, long hours. And right now they're finding this more refreshing than kind of like, Oh my gosh, this is too much piling up. If um, in that sense where, you know, again, just kind of seeing someone who came up through the defense getting to re-embrace that. Um, and I suppose, um, you know, we confirmation around, obviously, the the new stadium since we last spoke. Um, and with the uh, NFL handing out a, a draft uh, to Green Bay, um, could, could, could we see a draft in Buffalo? Um, I feel like it's a little far out to guess that. Um, if they do, I hope it means more direct flights in and out of here, both before and after the draft, because I'm always rooting for that. Um, but good question. I think right now, until they get a little bit more going there in the stadium, hard to say. Um, but, you know, late April, it, it could still snow, could be sunny. I can't guess. <laughs> um, and be, Okay, before we... we finish up but I have to kind of get your thoughts I suppose on your divisional rivals because um you know in in Miami I've said this on the the show uh, uh, to a few people but there look Mike McDaniel seems to be everywhere this week uh in in terms of what's going on uh, down there and hyping up and and getting the fans uh in across all of the sports in the city hyped up it's going to be very much, I think, a focus for me. I think a lot of the media are going to spend summer talking about the double act that is Mike McDaniel and Vic Fangio um, and, and kind of they're very different characters. The Obviously, the Jets now have Aaron Rodgers and, you know, the team with the longest playoff drought in the league is very much in win-now mode, but Aaron Rodgers looks rejuvenated it's very interesting to see him throwing a football in may and uh talking um very positively to the media and the 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 patriots are well nobody seems to know i've had i've had quite a few people on the the show some people think their draft was fantastic some people are absolutely left scratching their head um we know that they um are received league punishment and they're not going to be able to complete OTAs but ultimately Bill Belichick is Bill Belichick when you cast your eye over uh, the the division um what what are you know your thoughts on uh where the other teams are at yeah I think you know kind of saw the division outside the bills or I guess mostly when you look at the Jets and Dolphins in particular that gap is closing. I have been really intrigued to see the way Miami in particular has been um, just, you know, finding 
what the team will look like more and more under Mike McDaniel. And I think those Dolphins-Bills games this year are going to be a lot of fun. Um, obviously, the Bills open the season with the Jets. They get that Aaron Rodgers debut in New York on Monday Night Football. Um, but I do think, you know, this is going to be a really competitive division. Um, I agree the Patriots kind of hard to figure out, but I feel like as soon as you rule them out, that's when they, I don't know, pop right back up. Um, but still, I think they're a little less in the mix this year. Um, it'll be a strong division. And I think you kind of see even just like in the draft, in the free agency, how these teams are counterpunching. Um, during the off season too, and just trying to keep up with each other, knowing that how significant it is to be competitive in this division. So I think it'll be really fun to watch this year um, from just like a competitive standpoint. And in, just in, finally, then in terms of the the Bills heading to to London, um, what what is the the feeling amongst the Buffalo faithful about the trip to this side of the Atlantic? Yeah, I mean, I personally am very excited. Um, I haven't been to London ever before, so looking forward to that. Um, I think a lot of people were hopeful that the buy would be right after it, just to you know spend a little more time there. Um, obviously, it didn't play out that way, but that's all right. Um, Bills fans travel so well, so won't be surprised to see. I don't know, all sorts of Allen, Diggs, Miller jerseys around um, London that week. But, you know, I think it is exciting. I think considering how they kind of lost a home game in a sense last year, there was a little like, oh, we don't want to lose a home game this year. Um, but I think it kind of wins out for some people of, hey, this is a pretty cool place to go just experience a game. Um at least, like, I'm definitely excited for it. So can only speak for myself there, but uh, pumped for it. Well, I know fans on this side of the Atlantic and there are a sizable contingent of Bills fans are very, very excited uh, to have the, the team coming over. Um, Catherine, I want to thank you for taking the time to chat to me. If there are listeners out there who want to check out more of your stuff, where can they do that? Sure, on buffalonews.com for everything I write. And then... Tweet a lot too um, at kfitz134. So, yeah, happy to chat bells all the time. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, and we'll make sure that um, we put the uh, links uh, to your uh, Twitter uh, into the show notes. But for now, thank you again, and want to, to wish you uh, continued success uh, in, in your career. And uh, hopefully you might get uh, a couple of weeks uh, now to, to catch your breath before training camp uh, kicks off uh, in earnest. And uh, then we, we're all full steam ahead up until very likely uh, potentially February for, for the bill. But I imagine that uh, at the very least uh, late, late January. Thanks again, Catherine. Of course. Thank you.